This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. What happens when a little girl experiences one of the most terrifying paranormal events we've ever covered on this show? And then we travel to Idaho to take a look at a fun adventure, to take a look at a humorous adventure of what happens when two humans encounter two aliens. While our extraterrestrial neighbors may enjoy zipping around in spaceships, what they really want to do is drive a car. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host Jason Garbiner. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I hope you guys have some awesome plans for the weekend. I might go to the movies. That's pretty much what I do every weekend when I can. Um... Actually, you know what? Remind me, remind me. I want to talk to you about that movie thing. But first off, walking into Dead Rabbit Command, someone who always reminds me of everything, reminds me of all my long-lost loves, walking into Dead Rabbit Command right now is one of our longtime Patreon supporters. Everyone give it up to Splacatorius. Woohoo! Yeah! Wee! Come on in. Come on into Dead Rabbit Command. Splacatorius, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, that's fine too. It really is. Just help spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. That helps out so much. And then also, look at this awesome artwork we have for Fan Art Friday. It's a little retro Game Boy with the Dead Rabbit Radio logo. And this was created by Scion Online. Scion Online. Check out their YouTube channel. I'll put the links in the show notes. They also created a new custom outro. For us, an 8-bit version of Bella Royale, so stay tuned for that at the end of the episode. Thank you so much, Cyan Online. I love the artwork. I love the song. We'll be playing that soon. And Splacatorius, first off, I'm going to toss you the keys to the Jason Jalopy. We're going to leave behind Dead Rabbit Command. Drive us all the way out to a house in the suburbs. <laughs> this story, you know, we're researching these ghost stories all the time, episode 1047. But this might be one of the creepiest stories I've come across. Maybe top 10. I, I Maybe top 5. I don't want to build it up too much. I don't think I can. It's incredibly dark. It's incredibly creepy. And normally I don't do this, but this is one of those stories where I'm actually going to just do screenshots so we're not going to reveal this person's username because they're still going through some stuff. I want to give them a bit of privacy as far as that goes. Normally I like to have the username so, you know, as a researcher, you like to have your sources there. Otherwise, I can just post stuff online all day long and be like, look at this crazy thing I found. Isn't that nuts? And you wouldn't know, right? So you have the sources there so you can check my work, basically. But this is going to be one of those stories that I'm not going to do that because it's it's deeply personal and there's still ongoing issues. So let's take a look at this. This is absolutely terrifying. It's very short, but... So we're going to go ahead and call this person Sam. 
Not the real name. Not that I know of, right? Just posted online. But Sam, Samantha, said, A long time ago when I was a kid, I had just, like, just gotten sexually assaulted. And it happened in my house. Happened in my room. She says, I had just been sexually assaulted and I was laying in my bed. And I wasn't asleep. I was just laying there. My room was dark, but the whole light was on. Bedroom door was open. I could hear the television playing downstairs in the living room. And I'm laying in the bed, and I'm looking down the hallway. And all of a sudden, I see a face peeking out from around the corner. At the end of the hallway, I could clearly see this face leaning into the hallway, just staring at me. It wasn't anyone who lived in that house. It was no one that I had seen before. I'm laying there in bed. I'm looking down the hallway and I'm seeing this face. And it's looking at me. It's looking right at me. And he's smiling. He has this huge grin on his face. As he's watching me cower in the darkness. That's it. <laughs> I mean, that's it. And you would, she, she, I mean, she goes on to say she was so terrified she couldn't even scream. Um, but even that would have caused a huge host of problems, right? If she had just been sexually assaulted by somebody in the house and she's a child. You know, who's going to come to her rescue, right? But it's an interesting... This is interesting on several levels, right? First off, it's very Twin Peak-ish. This was one of those stories... This is one of those stories where, you know, I I do this with a lot of them, actually, but I go and look through other things they've posted, because, again, if they're posting a lot of crazy, super spooky, paranormal stuff. Like, that actually happened to me today. I was looking at this story. It was pretty spooky, and then I found out they had a YouTube channel where they told spooky stories. Oh, okay. This is probably made up. This particular person, I went through their posting history, and, and we'll get into that in a second, but um, very Twin Peakish, right? Very much like Twin Peaks with the Killer Bob character. If you don't know about that show, Dead Rabbit Radio recommends Twin Peaks 100%. I love that show. He, um, there's a character named Killer Bob, it's a demon, it's, or, or a god, you know, who knows what it is, but, um, when people are being raped and murdered in this small town of Twin Peaks, this hobo shows up and starts walking around the house, and only certain people can see him, it's absolutely terrifying, and it, it was on just regular television growing up. Is it, there's so many different ways I can go with this, even though it's so short, on the one hand, you could say it was a demon, right, that this was some sort of entity, some sort of malevolent creature being in this house and it was feeding off of her fear uh, you could also say that um why well, i i think you could also argue that it's a hallucination 
brought on by trauma, which which wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility at all, right? It's probably actually more in the possibility than a demon. But demon, uh, hallucination, it could also have been kind of a, a combination of the two. Like, she was seeing the essence of her abuser. I, I, this is all that we have. Like, I pretty much read you verbatim what's written on here. I, you know, I didn't. I, you know, I... I because I'm not, I don't do that. I just don't read stuff verbatim, but um, it's only like five sentences long. So we don't know like who the abuser is. Was the abuser in the living room watching the television, which would make sense if that's where the grinning head, she says peeking around the corner in the hallway. So we, we don't have a lot of specifics. Uh, but I mean, based on what we have, you could read it as that, right? That that is the abuser's essence like the evil it would take to do that to any child. Any child, let alone one in your house. I mean, it, 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 it's, it's horrifying either way. But you know what I mean? Like someone under your care. That's why there's special laws for teachers. Even if the student is 18, a teacher cannot have sex with an 18-year-old if they are in the district, if they're in that school district. It's against the law. You'll go to prison. The age of consent has nothing to do with it because they're still in your care. I don't know if it's the school district. It might just be in your particular school, but that people get caught up in that all the time. Teachers are sleeping with 18-year-olds, and they're like, well, you're going to jail for five years if you're a guy. Um, but, like, what was this? An entity, a hallucination, a visual representation of the person who just did this to her. She doesn't state that she's ever seen this thing again. It happened back when she was a kid. It's terrifying any... I mean, I guess the hallucination one is is not super terrifying. It, it is when you think about it, that creepy image of, of going through so much uh, physical and emotional trauma that you're, you're hallucinating. That's just a terrifying part of the human brain. But... The idea that this horrible event happens and then she can see it. She sees this creature. See, here, this is the interesting thing. We talked about this the other day with the story about Eddie the dog. Is that as a paranormal researcher, as a person who has experienced paranormal events, I will often default to that. So when I read this, I thought a demon. Right? A demon that is feasting. Not... I think it'd probably actually be feasting less on her pain and more on the evil in the perpetrator's heart. But it still is seeking more energy, more fear, right? That demons and dark entities feed off of fear. Terrifying thought. She never really makes an assumption of what this is. She never really guesses. She just says seeing something like this is what made her a believer in the paranormal. So she knew it wasn't real. She knew that this wasn't a person in the house wearing a mask. She knew this wasn't a person in the house pulling a prank. She knew that what she was seeing did not exist. Or shouldn't exist. But it's ter it's a terrifying story, you know, at a child's... A child is just vulnerable by nature. And then you commit a heinous act and you make them even more vulnerable. And then Samantha's seen something like this. 
it's terrifying. Like, there's just something... I know I probably use that word a lot, but there's just something so creepy about this. And not just creepy, but harmful. This is way worse than a ghost walking down the hallway. This is even worse than a bloody ghost appearing at, like, an old-time saloon, a ghost town, or a haunted hotel. Like, there's just something far, far more damaging and dangerous about something like this. What... What was it? And what, you, Obviously, I keep saying about it feeding and enjoying the fear because it was smiling. It wasn't just a spooky face. If a face poked out from around the wall and it had a neutral expression, that'd be one thing. But the grin, that's what she remembers more than anything. The grin. I looked through the posting history again to see, like, is this... You know, is this just a spooky YouTube channel and they're they're out there pushing content? I found a super recent post uh, from this person maybe a, like a, a month or two ago. And it was quite sad. It was quite sad. Uh, um, she now is an adult. She's an adult and she has a husband of 11 years. They've been married. And she goes, he's a great dad and a good husband. He helps out around the house. But he is an addict, and he can get not. I don't want to say aggressive. I don't. She didn't didn't necessarily say that there was anything physical going on, but like emotionally aggressive. And so I started going through her posting history again to kind of see if this is just a spooky YouTube channel. And going through her profile, I saw a couple of cleavage shots. It was just close ups of her breast, and it said like, "Which top do you like better? Like which color?" Kind of scrolling through. There's a lot of shots of her breasts. And I I looked at it. So I look at it and I go, okay, I think she's probably advertising for an OnlyFans. I thought this might be a weird way to advertise, right? To tell the story that I just told. But these photos are obviously she's advertising some sort of porn site. Most likely OnlyFans. That's what I was thinking. I was continuing to look through her profile. And I came across a other comment she had left. And it is so sad. Nobody responded to this. You already feel alone in the world. And now you're posting anonymously online. No one, no one responds. She posts on this board. And she goes, I need to vent a little bit. My husband. So there, she's married. She has kids now. She goes, my husband, we've been together for 11 years. We have beautiful children. He's a really good dad. He's a good husband. He like helps out around the house. I feel like we're part of a team, but he is an addict. Or he has addictions. She leaves all of this stuff fairly vague, which is fair, right? But she goes, sometimes he gets more demanding. Sometimes when he's not using, he's miserable. And it makes everyone else miserable. And I just kind of need to get all this stuff off my chest. And then she says, he's also made me set up an OnlyFans account. And is making me post these pictures and I don't know what to do. No, 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 no one responds to it. No one gives her any advice or a shoulder to cry on or anything like that. And that's sad. She's still now as an adult still being victimized. 
And you could say it's, you know, her choice, right? You could say, Jason, that's obviously her choice if she wants to take the pictures. It's her choice if she wants to stay with this guy. And I think that's what she's struggling with, right? He has so many good qualities, but his bad qualities are bad. Being forced into pornography, I mean. And I'm not going to tie it all together and be like, the grinning man, maybe she married the grinning man. Maybe the grinning man is making her do OnlyFans. I don't think the second part is any has any sort of paranormal connection. It's just the victimization of victims. You know, you know what I mean? It's not guaranteed if you've been a victim of something, you don't always have to be a victim. But victimizers look for that in people, you know. Heavy stuff, heavy, heavy stuff and creepy. The the whole paranormal angle is one thing and then this the what's going on right now is terrifying in a different sort of way. You're with a guy, you have four kids, he's making you do porn. Like, how do you leave that? You got four kids with the dude. Like, how do you just go, well, kids, we're leaving. You'd have to go through all the custody stuff and all that stuff, and then you gotta go to Tucson, Arizona and get a job as a dental assistant. And I mean, it can be done, it's possible, people do it. Or you can just take the pictures. And I think that's that's her mindset. Everything's going well, but he's an addict, which is which, which is the anti definition of doing well. And he's pushing her into doing porn. And it's so interesting when I was looking at those photos of the boobs, right? They weren't spicy, right? They weren't evocative of anything. They felt they felt desperate. And this was before I knew. Like, I go, oh, this is OnlyFans. Like, someone's trying to promote. And again, that made me going, well, is this story just a way to get some subscribers to her OnlyFans? It would be a terrible advertisement for your porn site to say that when you were a child, something horrible happened to you, and then you saw a demon. Click here for my OnlyFans. It's a terrible advertisement. But I did start to think, oh, I wonder what's going on. And then I found that. It's, it's just tragic, tragic story. But... There's always, not tomorrow, there's always right now to start making those little changes. But, I mean, that sounds so stereotypical, right? That sounds so hand-wavy, like everything will be okay. I think, if, I do believe everything will be okay or can be okay. But there's nothing I can convey in the course of a podcast that will, especially not talking to the person. I could tell you platitudes all day long. I'm sure some of you, I'm sure a lot of you are kind of, actually, not to say that, I'm sure a lot of you guys are kind of going through the same thing in different ways, but. Sad story. <laughs> sad, sad story. Creepy story to begin with. Sad story now, but it doesn't have to be a sad story tomorrow. It doesn't have to even be a sad story tonight. Um, things can change. Splacatorius, let's go ahead and pass you the keys to the Carboner Copter. We are leaving behind this house. Take us all the way out to Idaho. Specifically, we're going to Riri, Idaho. I expect several emails telling me I'm mispronouncing that. Riri, Idaho. It's November 2nd, 1967. It's 9.30 p.m. That's a car driving down the road. And to all of my British listeners out there, suspend your giggles. 
<laughs> Jason, I'm not going to laugh at all tonight after that last story. You want to sit here stone-faced. A lot of people had a lot of fun with the... This is a true story. These are real names. So no laughing at these incredibly traumatized men. We have... <laughs> these are kind of funny names, okay? His name is Willie B. Gay. Okay, that's a real name. Willie B. Gay. This is in a newspaper. This is an actual human being. Willie B. Gay. He was driving down the highway with his friend Guy Tossie. So no one, no one chuckled at that one except for people in Britain. If you don't know, in Britain, a Tossa is someone who masturbates in public. So you have two guys named one Willie B. Gay. You had the other guy Guy Tossie. They're driving on the road. <laughs> They're dead silent. They don't like to talk to each other. They both know that their names are odd, to say the least. But before they could make fun of each other's names, all of a sudden there is a flash of light in the distance. And then they see a small disc appear. A typical flying saucer with a clear dome on top of it. And they can look right into the dome. This is real old school saucer stories, right? Nowadays, we don't see this as much. But uh, back then, you would see these stories that would have the, the clear dome. And in, in the clear dome, they could see two aliens. They said that the UFO at this point was fairly close to the car. Like the bright flash of light appears. Now this UFO is right next to their car. It's right in front of them. It's about five feet off the ground, and when it appeared, Willie's car came to a complete stop. The dome of the UFO <laughs> opens up, and one of the aliens floats out. It's landing on the cold pavement, cold Riri Idaho street. This little dude, he was three and a half feet tall. <laughs> You're like, Jason, I have such a hard time concentrating on this story. I'm still thinking about the last one. I'm having a hard time telling this story, honestly. <laughs> I'm about to read you the description of this funny alien, and you're like... <laughs> you're just kind of sitting there, sitting there in the dark. Oh, man, what a bad combination of stories. But let's let's keep going. And the little alien's like shrugging. He's like, seriously, bro, you're doing this story? That last one was so depressing. And it didn't get better for her. But it could. It can get better. One of the aliens floats out. He's three and a half feet tall. His face is all scarred up. Well, th this is the description that these two men gave. They said the face of this alien either looked heavily scarred or lumpy. So we're not talking about a traditional gray alien. That's one thing that is almost universal among them is their smooth looking skin. When you touch them, it's a very rough feeling but smooth looking skin they said this alien floated down deeply scarred face big ears big round eyeballs no nose or lips very that is typical of a gray alien and a deep chest i don't know exactly what that what that means i broad chested or maybe it's like the 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 chest chest is kind of concave but Anyways, a deep chest and had only two fingers on each hand. They were wearing traditional alien clothing. We see this a lot. They are wearing tight-fitting overalls. 
These aliens, because the second one's going to come out of here soon, both also have backpacks on. The alien who came out of the ship first begins to move towards the car. And I'm wondering if it was floating still, if it actually walked. But it's moving towards the car. And without even pausing, this alien opened the car door and got inside. Now remember, there's already two people in the car. We got Willie and Guy. And this alien gets in the car and Willie just is like, whatever, bro. <laughs> like, you, you can take it, you can take it, you can take the steering wheel. And he scoots over, so now Willie and Guy are both crammed up on the passenger seat together. And the alien grabs the steering wheel. And the car begins to move forward. I've read several accounts of this story, and generally it's accepted in all of them that the the alien was not powering the car. Because as it was moving forward, the UFO was always about the same distance from the car. The idea is that the UFO was towing the car. The alien just wanted to get inside. I mean, he just towed it around anyways. He wanted to get in the steering wheel. At three and a half feet, I don't know if you can even reach the gas pedals, but this alien's holding on the steering wheel, and the UFO is pulling the car, and which would be alarming enough, right? But if it was continuing to pull you down the road, maybe you'd think, well, maybe they're gonna, maybe they're going to take us home. Just like if you got carjacked, right, and someone put a gun in your neck and said, scoot over, it's my turn. And you realize that he's only three and a half feet tall with giant ears. They're like, oh, that's kind of weird carjacker. If you got carjacked, but he begins driving towards your neighborhood, you're like, oh, maybe he's going to drop me off in my house. <laughs> and then he's going to rob my house. He's going to be like, ah, show me where all your jewels are. You're like, oh, man. But imagine if you got carjacked and he didn't drive you back. <laughs> you're like, I, just, I, don't care. I don't care where he's driving me. He could be driving me to the Museum of Modern Art. I don't want to get carjacked. They're all terrifying. But... Imagine if he passed the Museum of Modern Art. You're like, oh man, I had tickets for today. He passes that and begins to drive you out into the middle of a field. That's what I'm talking about. That would be way creepier. If you got carjacked and he's like, turn left. And you're like, there is no left. And then it's just a big empty field. And there's like a swamp at the end of it. With a spooky crow. You're like, oh no, not the crows. It'd be creepier. Well, that's what these aliens start doing. They begin towing the car off of the highway. They're towing it into this field. And they get about 75 feet out of this field. And Guy's like, nope, I'm out. Guy's like, I'm getting out. He jumps out of the car and just takes off running. You know, it's 930 at night. It's probably pretty dark. He gets out. He starts running. He's running through the darkness. And he just disappears. Not, I guess I should use a different term when I'm talking about aliens and things like that. He doesn't dematerialize. Willie is still sitting in the car and he just sees his friend just run off into the darkness and then can't see him anymore. Would be another way to put that. Willie is still sitting there though and he's petrified. And he was so terrified about what was going on, he goes, the alien tried talking to me, but I couldn't understand what he was saying. Well, I mean, to be fair, that could also be that he's an alien. The alien was talking to him. He said the alien had this really high-pitched voice, a very rapid, high-pitched voice, who he compared to a woman. 
He goes, imagine if you were standing next to a woman and she was speaking normally, according to him. Women sound like they're high-pitched and they speak really quickly. He's watched too many Doris Day movies. He says, I've never even watched the Doris Day movie. I don't know where their reference came from. He says they spoke in a really high-pitched, rapid-fire voice. He goes, a woman or a bird is what he, he described it to. The alien then, the alien was trying to talk to him, and Willie can't make heads or tails of it. So the alien jumps out of the car, and the second alien then floats from the field. He didn't see this one get out of the UFO, but now he sees this second alien kind of floating through the field that they got pulled into. Both of them floated back into the UFO. The hatch closed. <laughs> And then he said, it appeared that fire, or the term he used was played like fire, like almost had like a fiery, he didn't necessarily say it was fire, but it kind of moved like fire. It kind of looked like fire, but he didn't feel that it was fire. He says he saw this fire kind of appear from the bottom of the craft, and Willie could feel this rush of air kind of overtake him. Even though he's in the car, a window must have been rolled down. The UFO then shoots up into the sky, and it's gone. Let's switch viewpoints to Guy. He said, he sprinted across the field. Remember that guy? Remember the guy who left his buddy there? He sprinted across the field, and a bright light was following him most of the way. And he believed that this was the second alien, the one who was piloting the craft, pulling it into the field. One was driving the car, one was flying the UFO. When Guy took off, this bright light was chasing through the field, which would make sense because we know that the second alien appears out of the darkness later on, which is super creepy, right? This guy was booking it. This alien was on his trail, but at some point the alien gave up. Probably the point where the alien gave up was when... Guy got to a farmhouse. He gets to a farmhouse and he's totally freaking out. It didn't make any sense at all. He was the farmer, the, a guy named Willard Hammond was just like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> he's loading his shotgun. He's like, I don't know. I don't know what you hippies are doing. He goes, me and my friend were driving. Our car got towed out in the middle of a field. But he's like talking about aliens too. And was like, what are you talking about? And he goes, my, I think my friend's dead. I'm pretty sure... <laughs> I left this dude in the car with this alien. They're towing it out off the road. I'm pretty sure my friend's dead. He said that a couple times. My friend's dead. My friend's dead. So Willard lets Guy calm down. And then Guy, Willard, and Willard's son, Bob, say, let's go out and check on your dead friend. Let's go see what's going on. Because you would wonder, right? You would you'd think maybe there's a car accident. That would be my guess. Actually, no. I'm a paranormal guy. <laughs> like, aliens, aliens, ah! But I think most people would go, there's probably a car accident. This guy has a concussion. His friend hopefully isn't dead, but let's go check out. He goes, they went out there, and sure enough, there's a car sitting in the middle of this field, and the motor's running. Even though the car had stopped earlier. The motor's running, the headlights are on, and Willie was now no longer... So when he got pushed over by the alien, he was basically like sitting where a center, center console would be in a modern car. He's sitting right in there in the middle. They're all crunched together. Willie's now back behind the steering wheel. 
So after the aliens left, he inched back over and is behind the steering wheel. But he's just sitting there with his eyes closed tightly. As these three men approach, as Guy, Willard, and Bob are walking towards the car. They see Willie just sitting there with his eyes closed as tight as he can. And his whole body is just trembling. The police were called out. The police were called out. Um, you'd probably want medical assistance for this guy. Willard and Bob, who weren't there, they probably were still... I would still, again, think it was a car accident. This car is all the way off the road. This guy is obviously having some sort of trauma. The police are called. And the police do log it as an unidentified flying object. Because what happens is the next day it gets reported on the radio. It turns out that other people had seen bizarre events as well which some of it you figure could be fake we do see things like this when there's a sighting in an area be it bigfoot ufo even ghosts popular sighting people would be like oh yeah i saw something like that too da, da, da. they got a lot of reports like that but we also had reports of uh cattle stampedes in the area which would be kind of hard to fake right <laughs> right it'd be kind of hard to fake that there was a cattle stampede twice in the same night they broke out of their fenced-in area, and the owner had to go and get the cattle and, and brought them all back, and he was like, okay, gals, don't do that again. And then they broke out again, they ran amok through the area. Eventually, a UFO research group called NICAP came in to investigate it, the National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomenon, and they started cataloging all this stuff. They treated it as a serious sighting. There was another encounter that same evening. Apparently, there was a guy driving a truck, and he saw a disc-shaped object. Um, an alien floated over to his car, tapped on his windshield, and he floored it. He was out of there. He was out of there so fast. He didn't want anything to do with it. And the driver immediately thought he was crazy. Thought he was hallucinating the whole thing. And... The reason why I include that in the like more serious, more realistic encounters, not just like the fake ones, is that he didn't tell anyone about it. He didn't tell anyone about it. What happened was the next day he was sitting with his friend and they were listening to the radio. And they played this story about the two guys and the aliens coming and towing the car off. And the friend said, I looked at my buddy and he just went completely white. And I go, dude, what's the matter? Like, why why all of a sudden did you lose all the color in your face? And the buddy goes, that happened to me last night, too. But I, I thought it was crazy. I didn't tell anyone about it. I thought it was nuts. Who's going to believe me that this alien came down? I I didn't tell anyone. I thought I thought I was crazy. What would I tell that I'm crazy? So it wasn't him. See, it wasn't him making the story up. His friend saw him get terrified. That he wasn't crazy. That this was real. It's an interesting story. And it makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. Because here's the thing. Just because you have super advanced technology. Let's assume that these aliens weren't going to totally massacre these two guys. And we're pulling them off the side of the road. To vaporize them. Right? <laughs> That's definitely possible. Aliens have been known to do that. The alien getting in the car. The alien getting in the car and pushing the guy aside. And I don't think he had to push him aside. I think he just got in the car and the other guy moved. Because he wants to sit next to a little alien. I probably would. Get him in a chokehold. 
get him a chokehold. But um, it would totally make sense for an alien to want to drive a car. I mean, think about it. We still ride in horse-drawn carriages, even though our technology is so far advanced past that. We still find the charm in it. You have people who are like, hey, you want some butter? And I was like, oh, yeah, dude. Maybe some pancakes or some toast to go along with it. Like, normally, I don't just sit around and eat butter. So give me some pancakes. And they give me some pancakes. And then they're like, you want some butter? And I go, yeah, sure. And then they start churning it. And I'm like, oh, my God. Well, how long is this going to take? So the summer solstice? Like, there is a charm in old technology. Hey, you want some ice cream? You want some ice cream? I see that you haven't eaten those pancakes yet. No butter. Yeah, sure. I'll take some ice cream. They start hand-churning the ice cream. There's a charm to it. So it wouldn't make sense. Like, just because you have hyperdrive, just because you have these UFOs that can fly around, doesn't mean if you saw a 69 Chevy, you wouldn't want to take it for a ride. There's people today, who there's humans today who drive 69 Chevys, and they love it. They love the feel of it. They love they love the seatbelts that will cut you in two if you ever get rear-ended. They love driving around pure Detroit steel, running Honda Civics off the road, watching the plastic crumple like tissue paper. So it would totally make sense. It would not be outside the realm of possibility because a lot of stuff when we look at alien phenomenon, we can look at ourselves and go, we would do that. We would do that. We do constantly observe other animals and in the course of observing them kill them so all the scientific experiments aliens have been known to do on humans that's not unusual to what humans do we tag animals that we've studied and we see aliens do that we've interfered in other cultures aliens do that we're explorers we're always looking for what's beyond the horizon aliens do that so why not a joyride Why wouldn't they want to get in some old, beat-up car? Well, back then it was brand new, right? But to an alien, like, how fascinating would that be to sit on a vinyl seat and grab the steering wheel? People still use old-school pocket watches. Fascinating alien story, and it just—it's so—it's borders on that mundane. It's almost as mundane as you can get with an alien story, because aliens are always so super fantastical. But you guys know me—I love those kind of mundane slice of life stories, and this is pretty close to it. It's just an alien wanting to drive your car. It didn't matter if you were driving it before. Alien wanting to get in that car, take it for a joyride. Now, again, it is possible they were also going to kill these two humans. Because that one guy did get chased. I can't say that these aliens were totally innocent, but... If they just wanted a joyride, aliens of the universe, you are welcome. (laughs) I'm speaking for all of humanity. You're like, no, Jason, don't do it. Aliens of the universe, if all you want to do is drive around in our cars and play with human yo-yos and go ice skating, be my guest. Literally be my guest. You can all hang out at my house. That's all you want to do. That's dope. The moral of the story, I guess, is that even though technology is old, it's still fun to use. And I think that's another thing that just links up humans and aliens. We have more similarities than we have differences. And hopefully 
that will help us if they ever come to invade. Hopefully they will go, ah, we're all the same inside. Well, not technically. We have different organs in different places. But we all like driving classic cars. Here we go, Scion Online's 8-bit version of Bella Royale. Thank you so much, guys, for listening, and thank you so much, Scion Online, for creating this masterpiece. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. TikTok is at deadrabbitradio. DeadRabbitRadio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys.